Hey folks, it's Mark, your host on My Labor Radio. You can find us on multiple podcast platforms, and this show is now part of the laborradionetwork.org. You can discover more than just us by visiting their website. The Labor Radio Network will help you find your next new favorite union podcast or radio show. A simple network of folks from across the nation. Working people keep raising their voices more and more each day and demanding better treatment from their workplaces and their elected officials. As you know, these voices don't get heard very much on the corporate-controlled media. But the 21st century's labor movement has a new way to get its message out there. And working people don't rely on traditional media gatekeepers. It's now the internet, so you can turn off your TV to get the real news. So that gets us to that one-stop shop. Just visit laborradionetwork.org. On the main page, you'll see a grid of show logos. Just click one, and the description and links pop up right there. It's worth going to visit this ever-growing Voices of Labor resource. Join us at laborradionetwork.org. BCTGM Voices Project, a podcast highlighting the real people who make up our union, the bakery, confectionery, tobacco workers, and grain millers. I'm Michelle Ellis, Director of Digital Media. I will bring the work of our union to you through monthly interviews with the BCTGM's hardworking leaders, organizers, and everyday members. This is the BCTGM Voices Project. Anthony Shelton has been our international president for just over a year now, but some of you may be surprised to learn his association with the BCTGM goes back to some of his earliest childhood memories. In this episode, he shares stories about visiting union shops with his dad, former Local 25 business agent and general executive board member Walter Shelton, and how that shaped his sense of responsibility for our members. President Shelton also shares his vision for his term here, pays his respect to the executive officers who came before him, and puts the call out for field organizers who may be willing to travel and serve the membership at the international level. I think you'll really enjoy getting to know him. Remember that you can share these recordings with your union brothers and sisters or interested workers by taking a screenshot and sharing on social media or simply copying the link and sending it to a friend. Last but not least, the BCTGM Voices Project is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. So whatever platform you've chosen today, we would highly appreciate a rating and review to help us build our audience. With that, here is BCTGM International President Anthony Shelton. I want to start with your background. You have BCTGM in your blood. Your dad was Walter Shelton. Uh, former business agent of Local 25, and then later on was a GEB member of International. So will you talk about that, what you learned from your dad growing up? Yeah, my father started work at Klonga Bakery in 1952. He had been working at a grocery store bagging groceries, and uh, one of the route men told him to come over to the bakery and get a job, and he went from making 
about $15 an hour bagging groceries to about $36 an hour working in the bakery. And he thought he had struck it rich uh, back in 1952. That was a lot then. Yeah, well, he was, he was very happy with a new job. Uh, it was a tough job, but uh, they, back then they worked six days a week and had a six hour schedule. So things have changed over the years uh, with the bakeries. But uh, it was a great job for our family as we were growing up. Uh, he worked there in the bakery and then he was president of the local in Chattanooga for four years before he became the business agent in Chattanooga. And uh, once he became the business agent, he, he started working and traveling like all business agents do in the South. He traveled all over the Southeast, uh, Rome, Georgia, Knoxville, Chattanooga, Huntsville, Alabama talking to the membership and service. And my father was huge on servicing the locals. He thought that was the most important thing you could do was go out and talk to the people. And back then the local had around a thousand people in it. And my father could probably call every one of them by their name, every person in the local as he walked through the plant. Uh, and he used to take us with him to union meetings and to also to uh, plant visits. Sometimes we'd sit in the break room uh, while he visited the plant, he, he wanted us, all the kids to realize what he was going through and what the people had to go through on some of these jobs. So it was, it was an interesting career as a kid growing up with my father and learning about the union. So it's been in my blood ever since I was very small. My father got a lot of my uncles and aunts and a lot of friends, uh, jobs back in the sixties and seventies at different bakers. There was two bakers in Chattanooga. There was Colonial Bakery and Wholesome. And most of those people that hung in there are now drawing a BNC pension. Up to this day, that's how most of them get their extra income from being retired because they, they've worked there 30 or 35 years, most of them. So it's been a great for our family and the friends to be a part of this union and be a part of the bakery industry. Uh, would you and I have this in common then we're both second generation BCTGM. Um, my grandfather was former president Frank Hurt. And so also both you and I became involved with BCTGM when we were only 18 years old. Will you talk a little bit about that? I know that you went to work at Wholesome also and then Colonial Baking. It seems the, the article you gave me to read, it sounds like these two were competitors in Chattanooga. Yeah, they were competitors. Uh... They fought for all the business. And back then with route men actually, uh, but it were at each plant and they would actually get in fights out on the routes and stuff back then. It was, uh, it could get pretty brutal on a bread route back in those days. Uh, people fighting over the business and screwing with each other's trucks and different things. Uh, it was pretty interesting the way they would fight to get a restaurant or just one more store then because the route man actually had a chance to take over any business he wanted. And, and they would they would go after it. Um, and I did just touch on Frank Hurt. Uh, that is the president that I worked for the longest. Uh, Frank was one of the people that interviewed me when I got hired uh, back in 1992 as a rep. And uh, I appreciate Frank hiring me and getting me started as a rep, international rep. So I got to give a hug about to your grandfather over that. John Deacon was actually the president then, but Frank was sort of taken over and running a lot of things at that point. And uh, Dave Jerky was the director of organizing. So I had to interview with 
uh, David Durkee and Frank. And it, it was very interesting. It was good days uh, getting started. But back to 1973 is when I started at Holson Bakery in Chattanooga, which was owned by C.J. Patterson Company out of Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, that was a pretty good sized bakery back then. And uh, we go to work uh, eight hour shifts most of the time, unless the third shift, then you had to work till you finished up, which could be anywhere from eight to 20 hours. You had to finish up every Tuesday and Saturday. So that was the way it worked back then. Uh, when I first started to work at 18, I remember the first night I worked in the bakery, I was stacking bread pans back then. There was no automation. Everything was pretty well done by hand. And if I could have found the back door to get out of there, I'd have ran out of that damn place. It was so hot and I was burning my arms up. I knew my father would probably kill me if I left, but I couldn't figure out how to get out of there. So I hung in there and worked. Uh, made a career out of it. It's been a great career. I just uh, was not very happy as an 18-year-old getting my arms burned up yeah. working in the bakery. I think none of uh, us really can uh, appreciate what's been kind of put before us when we're that age, because I was the same, like, I'm not staying here, this isn't that interesting, but as time goes on, you really start to appreciate what the union means and how it helps people. Uh, so what, what year did you become an officer for a local 25? Well, that happened after I went to work at, actually, I was a shop steward at Colson, but then I went to work at Colonial in 1980. Uh, after Flowers closed the Wholesome Bakery down, they bought it out in 76 and then closed the bakery. And I went to work at Colonial in 1980, and after that, I became the recording secretary of the local. And, of course, I was energetic and ready to go, and I was the chief shop steward also at Colonial. So I was getting you know, handed a, a lot of responsibility fairly young. And of course, I thought I knew everything like everybody else when you're young. And uh, you learn a lot of lessons from old people at that point. And the plant manager taught you a few lessons. But uh, we fought everything. And back then, we worked things out, though. It was more of a, uh, let's just keep the bread running and keep everything working together. Uh, now, it just seems like a lot of these companies have a labor department, an HR department. Some of them don't want to get along with, they don't even want to get along with themselves sometimes. So I remember the last year that I worked in the bakery um, before I became an international rep, we had no written grievances that year. I could go up to the plant manager or the director of production and work out practically any problem that came up. And uh, it wasn't it wouldn't a fight like it is nowadays. It's hard to get a, get a plant manager to work things out with you anymore. They don't have so much authority, it don't seem like. Yeah. So it's a little bit tougher, but uh, it was, it was interesting being a chief shop steward was one of the best times of training that I had and I enjoyed it. Uh, of course, I love to argue with people and discuss and strategize on what, what might work or what we could do. So yeah. it was a very interesting time for me. Uh, I learned a lot from what my father had been going through for all the years about service of the people, talking to them. Um, sometimes, the best thing you can do is just be honest with people as chief shop steward and just tell them they don't have a grievance or they may, it may be not exactly right what got done to them, but it's not a, you know, it's not a grievance that they need to, uh, you know, just move on. But, uh, that's what we've got changed next contract. maybe. So uh, 
as a steward or member in the union and later on a officer, were you doing a lot of organizing then or did that kind of come later? Well, actually, that's how I became an international rep. I was while I was working in the bakery as the chief shop steward, Dick and Sini would get me off work and I would go out uh, and help like 30 or 60 days at a time to help organize different plants. And uh, we would, you know, I would travel and I was just happy to get out of the plant. I just loved it when I they would call me and say, hey, we need you for 60 days or whatever time the limit it was. I was ready to go and I'd go anywhere they needed me to. And that's what we need now. We need people that work in the shops that are interested in getting out of the shops and want to move and willing to travel and help us organize. That's We're actually looking for people now that are willing to do those things and get out of the plant and see if they enjoy that kind of life uh, that uh, maybe want to one day be an international representative. I'd like people to you know, let their vice presidents know and their international reps that they work with know, you know they're interested in this and, They'd like to get out. So if there's anybody out there that's you know really interested in moving up, I call it moving up. I think it's a great job of being an international rep. It's what I did for most of my life. Um, we would love for people to let us know, and you know we'll try to see if it works for them or if it works for us. We like each other. We you know we'll be hiring some people. Chill. Yeah, yeah. I do want to point out um, Anthony Shelton coming in as president has been. It's really important as he's communicated to us as staff people that these officers and uh, people who take on leadership positions, we want them to have started in a plant. So, you know, it's hard to know what you're dealing with if you haven't done it before. What advice then would you give to some of our organizers? I know whenever I get into these conversations with my grandfather, he tells me all of his tactics back in the day. So what is the best advice you could give to um, the rank and file membership when it comes to organizing new members? Well, just get out and talk to different people in different plants. If you know people that work at a plant in your area, you know, talk to them about the union, the benefits that it's done for you. And, you know, just let them know the truth that unions aren't perfect, but they're hell of a lot better than not having one. And you do have somebody to represent you, you know, it was just like when I worked in the plant, I never got rode up or in trouble. I was an excellent worker, I felt like, in the plant. Uh, you're mostly standing up for people that won't stand up for themselves. And that's what's important, you do that. Um, and that's what makes you a leader, is people that will you know, stand up for the, the weaker people in the plant, people that won't say no, or when somebody you know, does them wrong, you're the one that steps up and say, hey, let's let's get this straight. And that's what we need. We need more leaders. I want to make a point to Michelle that one of the biggest things to me that, that I always talk about with y'all is that uh, service of the local is one of the most important things. For the business agent to get out to the plant and get off their ass and, you know, visit the shop, and visit the shops on first, second, and third shift and weekend shifts. Uh, we, we've got to have people getting in the shops more. And, and listening to the people, that's that's who pays our salaries. And that's who we need to be in there listening to. Sometimes people just want to get something off their chest. And, you know, if you go in there and listen to them, they, they feel better. At least they know somebody's listening to them and get back mm -hmm. in touch with them and tell them you're going to. Yeah. And, and so the service work is something that I'm going to really emphasize in my career as the president of the international, is that we're going to get to service it and organize it. 
is always yeah. important. Service to me is is more important than anything else because that is our members who who, rep, who we represent. I would just kind of say that this is not lip service. Um, Anthony has a really fresh field perspective coming in here from the field, and he's been holding our feet to the fire too. You know, uh, we just had a convention meeting last week, and he was kind of like. I want you to know this is what the people think when they're sitting in the audience and you've planned this event and they see you doing this or that. So, so when he says that he's serious and uh, on that note, I'm gonna actually have 20 years this year. I was here under President Hurt and then I was here under uh, David Durkee. The last transition going from President Hurt to Durkee was pretty seamless because David had been working here for many years as an executive vice president and then the secretary treasurer. So I guess I would like for you to share some of the things that you've been surprised to learn in your first year as international president, like being up here in, in the headquarters office. Okay, uh, Michelle, I'd first like to say something about, uh, I did go to David Durk, he's had a, a service for him this last week uh, in Evansville, Indiana, Saturday, and that was very nice. It went over very well. His wife, Sharon, did an excellent job uh, at the funeral. David would have been very proud. And there were so many people there, they had to have an overflow room with a uh, TV monitor to uh, get all the people into the uh, service. Uh, people came from all over the country, just from about every corner of the United States there was. And actually, a lot of corporate people came because they had so much respect for David. Uh, I even had one of the plant owners tell me, he said, me and David argued like hell, but you know what? David always fought for what he believed in, and I respected that. And that's about as good an honor as a plant manager or owner could say to a union yeah. rep or a president of this international. I was I was proud the man said that. It was just a great honor for David, and I just wanted to bring that up. I, one of the hardest things I had back to your question, Michelle, um, was, you know, it, it was a lot to come in as international president and never really coming up here much. My Most of my life, the last 30 years, has been spent in hotel rooms, traveling around the country, uh, dealing with locals. So it was a little culture shock for me to move up here and uh, deal with the, all of the employees. Uh, you know, everybody on the road, all, you've got all the reps, vice presidents, people here in the office that you deal with. And uh, I was not quite used to that. I was mostly used to having to deal with myself or just a couple of reps and were vice presidents. Uh, it was a little bit different. Uh, moving up here and having to worry about everybody, plus this building. We've got a huge, very nice uh, building here in Kensington. Um, you know, when you got the building over you, the pension fund, uh, it was it was quite a shock to the system getting used to it. That was the, one of the only good things about the COVID virus. It gave me a time to stay here and we weren't traveling that much. Um, so I got a good grip on everything, I, I think, at this point. Uh, everybody's been super up here. Uh, I couldn't ask everybody to be any nicer than they have and help me. Everybody stepped up doing all they can to help me. Uh, I didn't realize how much work uh, Harry Kaiser did supporting the president and how much he's meant to me, uh, helping me keep straight. Uh, I couldn't hardly do this job without Harry so far. And Kurt Yeager has been great. I didn't know he hurts the accountant. He does, uh, he does the building maintenance and keeps everything straight up here on the building and elevators working, his staff working. And it's just been, it's been a little surprising what goes on at the international headquarters. 
but it's been interesting. I like it. I didn't realize also how many meetings we had to go down Washington and deal with the AFL-CIO and Congress and committees that were on. Uh, I went down a lot of the committees that uh, David was on, the AFL-CIO and Housing Investment Trust. Uh, we just keep going to meetings everywhere. It's every day it's something new and different. But uh, I am looking forward to uh, getting out on the road and meeting a lot of the locals, a lot of the people that don't know me. I would love to get out real soon so we can talk about service and what they need. And if they, anybody out there needs anything, you know, feel free to call up here to the office and, you know, holler at me or Harry or anybody else that they need something. Uh, we're available and we're here, you know, when you, whenever somebody needs us. Um, all right. Well, I want to make sure that we give some credit to you for your commitment to diversity too. Every leader that we've had is committed to this. This is what the union movement is all about is, you know, giving a voice to the voiceless. But I wanted to point out a discussion that you and I had recently when we were talking about different people you would like to hear from on this podcast. And I said something like, you know, we really, really just need to make sure that we utilize the diversity of our members and give those people a chance to talk and teach everybody something. And you said, I hope you've noticed how many women I've been hiring. And I did notice that. So I wanted to like point that out and um, recognize you for that. I think, especially after this year of protests, this, you know, we're kind of at a reckoning in our country, like our leadership, our organization is really, you know, trying hard to walk the walk on representation from inside the union. So um, I think that's really great. I, I think it is important that the people that we hire to work for the international and travel across the country and negotiate the contracts, the, the reps and organizers, vice presidents, I think it's important that they, you know, it, it represent the people that that we're more like and uh, get more diversity in the program. And that's why I've been very happy to hire several women. That, and actually, they're doing an excellent job. We're very happy with the people we've hired. Everybody's learning. We're all in sort of transition, but everybody's done such a great job, Michelle, out on the road. We can't ask for a better group than we've got right now, but we would still like to hire a few more people to get on the road. Uh, yeah. Well, to that point, I would say that, you know, President Shelton is also really good about listening to the perspective. It's very much a grassroots attitude. Like we need to be servicing the membership. These ideas need to be coming from them you know, and coming from like a bottom up kind of thing, not we're just going to be talking at people. So anybody out there who is interested in taking a little bit more responsibility, he's a good listener in that way and open to all new ideas. So that's all I have in the way of questions for you. Is there anything else you want to make sure to tell the membership before we end it? Well, just everybody hang in there and keep Keep looking for organizing targets and, you know, contact us. Uh, you know, if you want to get one going, you know, we're more than happy to try to get you out of the plant. Maybe you don't want to be a full-time organizer, but you'd like to help some. Uh, if you'd like to just step up and let's get you off occasionally, that's that's another avenue to, you know, break, it, break things up a little bit. Uh, get us some contacts and start working with us or just let us know you're willing to help and go out to, uh, travel a little bit, maybe, maybe not full-time, but 
part-time. So just give us a holler and uh, we're looking forward to meeting everybody. I plan on being all over the United States this next in this year, but uh, give me a call and holler at me when I get in your area. Appreciate it very much. And thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thanks for spending time with us today. Um, we'll go ahead and end it here. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Have Great a good day. If you found this content valuable, please consider sharing it on your own social media pages and be sure to tag us. We are BCTGM on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more on the activities of the BCTGM, go to bctgm.org. <laughs>